the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Good morning. Good day. Adieu, adieu, adieu to you and you and you. What's on your financial mind? I'm going to try to answer it for you with the shoe. It's a really big shoe. Talking about things to invest in, talking about Max Knight, your 401k, um, talking about what not to do. There's a lot of people out there who want to part you with your money, a lot of people. And you need to be very, very careful on the advice that you take. Hey, the United States saved Mexico from World Cup elimination in the most unbelievable night in North American soccer history. Can we start there? Down 2-1 to one to Costa Rica on the road in stoppage time, Mexico. Two minutes away from failing to qualify for the 2014 World Cup. And then boom. In Panama, the United States, Mexico's most bitter rival, saved them with two stoppage time goals and an incredible turn of events. Graham Zussi made it 2-2. Two to two. Aaron Johansson scored to make it 3-2 to two in the 93rd minute. Mexico finished in fourth place despite a 2-1 loss, leapfrogging Panama to stay alive. They still have to go to New Zealand, or New Zealand has to come to them. A la di da di da di da di da. Um, that's kind of interesting. And anything. Back to the stock market. Tell us about Apple. Okay, 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 okay. Apple. 5C not selling well. Wah, wah, wah. Bad news. I'm sad. But it means the 5S is selling better. They're selling two and a half. 5S's to every 1.5C, and that's good for their margins. Apple strong sales with the flagship 5S, shrugging off signs of less than stellar orders for the 5C. You're going to hear the story today. Apple's 5C not selling well, cutting orders. But the 5S is selling well, and that's the story. Monster High. I know you're saying Monster High. Good God, man, you've talked to the U.S. soccer, you've talked a lot of things, and now you're talking Monster High? Yeah. Monster High and Barbie, an American girl. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to be doing a small fundraiser at next event in Walnut Creek. Uh, I, I need to raise a little bit of money for charity. So bring me your old phone, your old phone, 4S, your 4 your old droid, whatever it is, uh, come to the event. It's a retirement planning event in the afternoon. It is a Money 101 event in the morning. But doing a little fundraiser, so um, bring your phones. And I'll give you good insight into the markets, I promise. 
But uh, Mattel, pretty good quarter. Income rose 16%. Dolls. Don't bring your dolls. I don't want your dolls. I don't want your Barbies. I don't want your Monster High dolls. I don't want your American Girls. Okay, I'll take one American Girl doll. Uh, beat Wall Street expectations. GM is going to boost their price of pickup trucks. Seemingly odd approach to falling sales. It's raising prices. The Chevy Silverado will go up almost 2100 of the introductory price in the spring. On my street, it seems that there's nothing but tr- pickup trucks. I know. I know. There I am bragging again about my street. Warren Buffet says allowing U.S. default would be idiocy. So he's telling the nation's leaders, don't be idiots. Buffett said he thinks it would be absurd for American politicians to do anything to damage the country's reputation for paying its bills that has been established over the last 237 years. He sounded a little bit older, but I'm going to give him a break on this one because he's right. Two years ago, San Francisco offered a payroll tax break to keep Twitter then with 400 employees for moving its headquarters out of town. The gamble has paid off, spurring other tech companies to choose the city as their base and boosting the local economy and pushing average people out of the city and into Oakland. I know. Oakland's like the armpit of San Francisco. A body panel fell off the Boeing 787 in flight, being operated by Air India. It's the latest glitch, the 8 feet by 4 foot piece of the fuselage fell from the underside of the jet, landed within the perimeter of India's Bangalore airport. The pilots of the plane did not realize the panel was missing until the flight landed. It's not good when parts of your airplane fall off. No risk to safety, but it's still not good. So they're still struggling with that issue of... Anything that they do wrong is a headline story. And it's got to suck to be them at this point in time. A debt ceiling deal is very close, according to lawmakers. We'll see. Like, I'm a little tired of this at this point in time. I don't know if you are, but I certainly feel like, haven't we been talking about this forever as the headline? Intel. Shipmaker reported third quarter profit of 58 cents, 5 cents above expectations. Their current outlook is below Wall Street expectations. CFO Stacy Smith. I always freak out with guys who've got girls' names and girls who've got guys' names. Is Stacy Smith a dude or, or a chick? He basically said, or she, he, she, it basically said that the market for personal computers may be close bottoming out. Yahoo had a good earnings. Um, revenue below expectations. They unveiled a plan to sell a smaller stake in its Chinese e-commerce company, Alibaba. So basically to play that as it comes public. That's their story. Like They didn't say, like, hey, everyone signed up for football fantasy at Yahoo. Or, hey, everyone's checking out their stocks at Yahoo Finance and we're selling more advertising to stock people. Wet Seal. They cut their current quarter outlook. Weaker mall traffic. I'm fatigued. I'm fatigued every day. Like, I need a blood infusion or someone helps, needs to help me, like, get some illegal drugs in my system to dope. Like, I need to become the uh, Armstrong. What Lance Armstrong is to bicycling, I need to be to morning radio and investing because I'm fatigued. 
J.P. Morgan reached a settlement. I don't want to go to the mall. That's where that story comes from. Women's apparel retailer, Wet Seal, said they uh, weaker mall traffic. J.P. Morgan Chase reached a settlement with CFTC. The London Well case. Basically, they're going to pay $100 million on that. GE is expecting about $1.67 billion market capitalization for its Swiss consumer financing unit that they're spinning off. Advanced Auto Parts, beep, beep, going to buy privately held General Parts International for a little more than $2 billion. Omnicom's upcoming merger partner, Publicis, is keeping its target full-year sales. So there's enough stories out there, like, pushing us ahead. A, would you agree? A, but we keep coming back to the market's higher, but why? Because the market thinks there's going to be a deal. The market must be smarter than general media, because general media is like, okay, if we default on this, we're going to pay Social Security first, we're going to pay veterans last, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. S&P 500 is up 17, the Dow is up 157. The NASDAQ up 35. Gold down, sitting at 12.72 an ounce, just fractions down today. Oil at $101 a barrel. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.75%. If the 10-year Treasury is telling you 2.75%, if they thought there was going to be an implosion, <sighs> be going a different direction. Here is Rob Black. Your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Don't forget, i got an event coming up in Walnut Creek. Bring your phone to the event. Bring your old phone to the event. I'm collecting phones for charity. It is a Money 101 and a Wealth Preservation. Coming up in Walnut Creek. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Before tomorrow's deadline, House Speaker John Boehner has agreed to a vote on a Senate plan to end the budget impasse, according to several published reports. The Politico Web Market Minute. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay. I know that many of you out there think I'm a jerk for being honest with you and telling you, like, day trading is going to get you nowhere in life. But I'm also the same jerk who will go out there and say a shockingly small amount of money from the pink NFL merchandise sales go to breast cancer research, and that pisses me off. I tune in and watch the 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, whoever it is that I'm paying attention to. You see pink everywhere in the NFL, right? Head to toe in pink accessories. Cheerleaders with pink pom-poms. Players with pink headgear. Roughly 8% of the money goes to cancer research. Out of all the mark indicated, if you buy an NFL jersey, it's ridiculously expensive. For those men out there who wear NFL jerseys, you're ridiculous. I'm calling you out. You didn't play for the team and you're wearing a jersey? Stop it. The NFL takes 25% royalty on wholesale, which is half the retail. They don't donate 90% of the royalty to American Cancer Society, for every $100 in pink merchandise sold, 1250 goes to the NFL. Of that, 
11 and a quarter goes to American Cancer Society. NFL keeps the rest. Remaining money is then divided up by the company that makes the merchandise, 37.5%, and the company that sells the merchandise, 50%. So out of all the money that comes in, only 8% of the money spent on pink NFL merchandise is actually going towards cancer research. Now that's, okay, you're like, hey, I had a friend or family member who had breast cancer, and it's horrible, and it's not nice, and it does horrible things to your body. But when you're watching it, doesn't it feel like, man, these guys really care. And what I think they really care about is getting more eyeballs on the screen, particularly women. I think what they really care about is getting more merchandise sold, particularly women. They're not so invested in the game market. Women. Lawmakers begin the last-ditch effort on debt ceiling. Will they or won't they? I don't care. SP 500 up 17. The Dow's up 157. The Nasdaq up 35 buckaroos. Remember a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, someone emailed me like, hey, I'm thinking about selling everything, getting out of the market so that I get that perfect buying opportunity. Like last time they did this with the debt ceiling. I'm like, don't do it. I think it's a mistake. I think trying to time, you never know. I'm in more right than not, than, than not because the market's near its all-time high. It may close day its all-time high, the S&P 500. Someone emailed me, said, I'm 50 years old. Where should I invest 15000 I don't know. I don't know your income. I don't know your equity or asset allocation. I don't know your diversification. You know, you've made the toughest decision and already said, I'm going to invest it, which is great. What's a simple way to invest money that you don't have to micromanage? For most people, it's an exchange-traded fund. The S&P 500 ETF would be fine. The Vanguard S&P 500 ETF would be fine, which trades under the ticker symbol VU, V-O-U. If you want to put some of that money into a bond market, you can do the BND with Vanguard. You can get fancier. You can get more sexy. Uh, and appropriately build portfolios that are completely diversified and or not. But I, I, I like the idea that you're thinking about it. Me gives you credit for that. I know you're saying, you didn't just say me gives you credit, did you? I kind of did, I'm sorry. I apologize to my family, my family's family, my family's family before me, and such and such and such. Okay. Um... Okay, so I'm mad at breast cancer research in the NFL with a pink campaign because not enough money goes there. I try to do a show that does upset you a little bit. That's kind of the goal. You need a million dollars for retirement to pay yourself $40,000 a year. What's upsetting about that statistic? $40,000 a year in income in retirement? Or that you need such a big number? That's a good question. So there's one investor out there. He's a little bit on the older side. He's the gloom, boom, and doom kind of guy. He referred to Apple as a troubled company making an array of frivolous products. The kind of stock that I'm really not interested in, he says, Mark Faber. I'm not saying it will go bust, but it could go bust eventually. He basically referred to it as the Polaroid of the 1970s. 
Polaroid, like Apple, was founded and driven by a famous innovator who eventually left the company. In 1982, Dr. Land, who received more patents than any other American, save Thomas Edison, left his seat at Polaroid's board, gave up research posts at the company. Nine years later, the company went bankrupt. So basically, this guy says, look how wonderful the company is. They're going to end badly. That's important for you to at least acknowledge and say, okay, is there a comparison to Polaroid? Maybe. The company's got $43 billion in cash. They got uh, $35 billion worth of revenue in the second quarter. The company's worth more than $450 billion. I think they'd have to do a lot of buybacks. I, I do think that's going to be important. He said, we have many other examples of high-tech companies that just faded away. I'm with that. Like, that's a good thing to consider because, like, they're getting ready to break ground on this crazy complex in Cupertino, which the mayor of Cupertino just got on CNBC this morning and talked about. Nokia's got this beautiful, beautiful office building in Finland that they basically sold. They were all that in a bucket of chicken. I own shares of Apple. And yet I could do this story and not, like, get upset. I dig Jeff Bezos. He's a goofy dude. I remember when there was a Christmas, like, nine years ago. He got on TV and started pushing the puffle up, which is like this pink teddy bear that was super soft for newborns. He buys the Washington Post for $250 million. He talked about some quotes, one of them being, I think, fantastic, on complacency. A company shouldn't get addicted to being shiny because shiny doesn't last. On innovation, I think frugality drives innovation, just like other constraints do. One of the only ways to get out of a tight box is to venture way out of it. On progress going forward, Jeff Bezos said, if you're a competitor-focused, you have to wait until the competitor is doing something. Being customer-focused allows you to be more pioneering. He's a pretty smart businessman. Yes, he kind of looks like a worm with ears. He's kind of got that skinny neck and that skinny little head. But that's okay. I like worms with ears. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. And if he wants to buy me, I'm for sale. I will gladly do this show for Amazon. Six-pack of beer gets me hired. Come see me do Money 101 All Things Financial Saturday, October 26, 2013 from 9 to noon. If you're accumulating wealth, that's for you. In the afternoon, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's the Marriott, Saturday, October 26th from 1 to 4. Sign up at robblack.com. Bring your old phone. I'm doing a fundraiser for charity. Bring your old phone. In your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. This is the band Fun. I saw one of their shows and, well, it was okay. Fun? Meh. Meh. Home builder conference in the United States declines to the lowest level in four months. Hey, are you strapped for cash? Nah, this is not a pitch for like some day trading crap segment. This is a pitch for if you're strapped for cash, consider selling your liver. Did you just say that? I did. $37,000 for your liver on the black market. Okay. How strapped for cash are you?
You tell me. Oh, there's serious risk if a default happens. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm not being quaint when I say that, because some people see the Patriots, Tea Party, the Lipton people driving us over the cliff, trying to show the severity of our spending on entitlements. Entitlements aren't going to go away. As much as you want them to, they're not going to go away. Can they get changed? Yes. Do we need to change the system? Probably. But they're not going to go away. There's the Republicans. They want like a little bit more conservative spending. Lower taxes. There's Democrats. Will the Democrats ever split and fissure and create a liberal party to be that far wing of the Democrat party like the Republicans have the Tea Party now? The fringe. SP 500 is up 18. The Dow is up 164. And the NASDAQ is up 41. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's a mortgage lender. He's my friend. He's the guy who does my loans. He's a good guy to use because he'll run scenarios for you and he'll walk you through the process. Um, getting a lower rate, we dream about that. I mean, we all want the lowest rate. We all want to wait for the lowest rate. We all want to time it perfectly. We all want to know what's going to happen next week. How do you go about getting the lowest rate? What's your thoughts here? Right, so at any point in time, there's going to be an average rate that's out there. There's never any kind of going rate. It's what they call an average rate, and it always comes along with some sort of point or a percentage of a point. Um, so the the best technique, and it's become more apparent in this type of industry, the, the way that mortgages are what they call qualified or risk-layered is your credit. The first thing that you'd want to do is fix your credit. Higher credit scores will give you the best uh, opportunity to get the lowest rate. The difference between a 640 score and a 740 score on a traditional type of 30-year fixed, about one percentage point. On a $400,000 loan, that's about $2,400 a year you're going to spend more just because your credit score was lower. So how do you go about – I think you can manage things on your credit score. I think you can, try, you can manage some things on your credit score to help you get that lower rate, but you can't manage the rate. Right, Which so that that's plays into psychology. Right, that's another part of getting the lower rate is are, do you pay points? Uh, a lot of people are floating around these terms like no-cost loans. A no-cost loan does not necessarily mean a no-cost loan because you're paying a higher rate to get lower cost. But yeah. if you keep that loan beyond that period of time those, that would have paid you back that $3,500 or so over five years, but you keep the house 10 years, you wasted money. You wasted 3500 in that extra five years. So you always have to look at the, the amount of time you plan on staying in the house, property. You have to look at the cost to, have the, to pay a point and see how long it takes to pay that back. I've paid points on at least seven or eight mortgages, and I've been happy on all of them but one. And, and the reason I wasn't happy was... I hope I, that's not the one I did for you, right? <laughs> well, it kind of is. Um, rate, rates fell a lot. They fell from 6% down to 4%, down to 3%. Right. So when you bought points on a 6% loan down to 5.5%, and then you're, two years later you're at 3%, 3.5%, like, I didn't need that, to. That, yeah. Right. So that's something that a lot of people have I got unlucky, but I got lucky at the same time because rates fell aggressively. 
Right. So you made up a little bit of the points that you paid. That, that is something that a lot of people were getting into, and there's something called benefit to borrower rules. When people do refinance and they're trying to get lower rates every time, there has to be enough benefit to the borrower. There, you're, you're, you have to have your closing costs paid back in a certain period of time, usually 36, 48 months. Your uh, payment has to drop a certain percentage, usually 5 or 6%, uh, in order for even Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac to even allow you to do the loan. So... Be, be very careful. Although there are some tax benefits, if you do pay a point and you do refinance a year later, you get to write it off all at once as opposed to over that you know 20 year or so period. So um, buying points is one of the options. Um, locking for shorter terms. What's that mean? What? Locking for shorter terms. Locking for a shorter term. So a 15 day lock. Uh, like say you're doing a refinance, you start the process and you lock proof. it. That's a damnation game. Right, so you lock a rate, you hope the deal gets done. You hope it gets done in 15 days, but or most people are just floating and then locking it once they get to the point where they can order, you know, sign their documents, and then you, you maybe do a 10-day lock or something like that. But what what happens here is you risk the rates going up. My philosophy on locking a rate is lock when you're comfortable, and locking doesn't it doesn't it's a, it's a protection from rates going up, not going down. And there are some float down rules, but they have to float down. The rates have to drop significantly in order to take advantage of that. So that's another way to do that. Uh, using different products, we just talked about the 15 year. It's um, yeah. and how the 15 year can make a uh, you know it's almost a three uh, three quarter spread between the 30 year and the 15 year. Um, that's one product. But the five year, let's say you know you're going to stay in the let's property. Let's talk about 15 real quick. Cause sure. We've got about a minute. My mom's now 78 and she has a 30 year mortgage. If I want it to, her next mortgage is a 15 year because she ain't going to make it to 93. That's just like there's some or me. I'm not going to retire in California. I don't need another 30-year mortgage. Like, maybe I will retire in California. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. start applying scenarios to what sort of mortgage you need, right? Absolutely. Now back to you. Well, another product that you can, another technique is to use like a shorter-term arm, like a five-year arm. If you know you're going to stay to pro- uh, property for, let's say, five years, a five-year arm can be almost one point lower than a t- traditional 30-year fix with the same kind of equity and credit score. So. Uh, and why give away that that extra percentage point every month? It's another way to get a lower interest rate. Yeah. Talk to Tony. Oh, that should be the, your next radio show. You do a radio show in the Bay Area on KDOW on 1220 Tuesday nights. Tuesday night, 6, six, six to seven. 7. People can find it at kdow.biz. If you want to stream it, it's kdow.biz. With that said, talk to Tony. He does mortgage loans. Uh, his show is The Real Estate Rapport. I'm Rob Black. This is Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. So, Bank of America has an egregious profit. $2.5 billion. They've got a lot of legal issues. That's why I like Bank of America. Because those legal issues, they're retarding the stock ever so slightly. It's worthy of noting um, $2.5 billion in profit. Do I think Bank of America will be around long after companies like Apple have faded? Yeah. Now, again, I own Apple. But I remember in the 1980s, I had to have Sony. Into the 90s, I had to have Sony TVs. A Sony Walkman led to Sony TVs, right? Now the best TV that I can see at Best Buy is a Samsung. Trust me, I'm not a TV snob, so there's probably people out there who just spit their coffee out. <laughs> you know nothing about TVs. Best TV made is by, uh, uh, is by 
<laughs> I don't even know. Um, new Vizio is horrible. Vizio is that crap brand that Best Buy does. Um, Best TVs out there, probably another brand, I don't know, some Chinese, Japanese exporter that some, some people love and uh, give nothing but a big thumbs up to. So, again, Sony went the way of the Dodo Bird, in my opinion. A company that couldn't lose. Nokia, if you worked for them in the 80s and 90s, they couldn't lose, and they went the way of the Dodo Bird. Digital equipment. I know you're saying, Who? Dude, I'm under the age of 35. Don't bring up companies that have not even been around in my lifetime. They were around when you're a baby. You are a baby. Um, tech companies are famous. They may even be infamous for their ability to go out of business and how things can change quickly. Sun Microsystems. Facebook now has like um, a mini city. They got sports bars and stuff going on in Sun Microsystems old offices. I do like Facebook, by the way. Even at these prices, if you're a long-term patient investor, Rob Black owns shares of Facebook. Um, I think they've got bright days ahead of them. Not because of me, but because of other people. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. So, Boehner, is he going to survive all this? He's a... Uh, really out in the public eye at this point in time. And people in Congress tend to like crucify their leaders. Just kind of natural, right? So if Bader doesn't survive, what does that do to capitalism? What does that do to socialism? What does that do to the U.S. economy? If he gets thrashed because the right-wing Tea Party or right-wing patriots... So I don't even know what to call them anymore. Like We get into these worlds of, is it Obamacare? Is it the Affordable Care Act? Is it the Tea Party? Is it the, Repub- is the Republican Party? Is it the Patriot Party? Like It's, it's brutal. Oh, what else do we have to hit? Probably not that much. The owner of the Indianapolis Colts. He's calling Peyton Manning basically a loser. Because Pittsburgh's got two championships. The Giants have two championships. Baltimore has two. Tom Brady had three. And we, the Colts, only have one. That seems a little bit unfair. Hey, everybody, I'm going to be in Walnut Creek. Coming up soon, 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 soon. How soon? The 26th, two Saturdays from now. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. There's two events for Creating Wealth. And one for protected wealth. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. There's crash in San Francisco now backing things up onto the Bay Bridge. 1% to 15,326. The NASDAQ. 20 Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talk all things financial, money, investing, and more. I've got a dentist. And dentists aren't cheap. They're not terribly well covered by your insurance. I don't understand why. 
your medical insurance seems like it could be, it should be. Why did it never happen? I bring this up because brushing your teeth is a good financial habit to get into. When I was 10, 11, or 12, I got a cavity filled, probably with cement. Like, I don't even know what they used that many years ago. Bondo, gold, whatever. Gold's considered soft, and it changes with time a little bit, which helps because your job and your teeth move slowly but surely over time. Um, and thus your dental work will crack. And having a cavity is a little hole in your mouth. Filling it with cement is kind of the idea, right? And then when that cracks, it's a bigger crack. So I got this dentist in San Carlos who did some work on a tooth of mine that cracked this year. It turned out to be a pretty expensive year. Now, I've got enough emergency room. You know, I don't have bad teeth. I had one tooth that had a root canal because of a fractured cavity from 20-plus years ago. Can I tell you how smart it would be to brush your teeth and floss your teeth three times a day? Do it. You can't afford bad dentistry. A, it doesn't look good. Missing a tooth or two may cause you a problem socially. It may cause you a problem financially with business relationships. And again, do I wish I was making this topic up? No. I think uh, one of the things that I like to do when I meet with professionals, whether it be money people or doctors or dentists, is give me a tip. What one thing do you do at home that you would advise me to do? Now, again, I don't want you doing that at your bank with a teller who's 22 years old, kind of hot. I want you to do it wisely uh, with people that could actually cost you money. Dentists are expensive. So anyway, I've got a dentist, his assistant, his front office person, who's like, so do you want to get the work done now or do you want to wait till the new year? I'm like, can you give me a price difference? And she won it. And she pushed me to the new year so that they can get full price plus I can get my insurance. Like, between now and December 31st, you don't have an opening that you might want to squeeze me in and give me a discount or a barter relationship. Like, understand what I'm trying to get at with this segment, this concept is you could barter with people. And some people think the insurance industry would be a lot better off if it was gone. So that you can go to your doctor and say, you know what, I will get a physical, but... I can't pay that price that's on your door, on your sign. I'll pay less. And wouldn't we all be happy to see your doctor give you a menu of costs? And they don't do it. It's that whole insurance messes things up thing. And then you're saying, what are you getting at here, Black? The fact that, that student loans, the fact that college costs are not printed on a menu is a problem. It allows for abuse of the system. I think the same thing in the dental industry. I think the same thing in the hospital industry and doctor industry. You can't ask a doctor, okay, my kid has some swollen glands. Can you give me a ballpark of what it should look like? And when it gets above that, can you tell me? They won't do it. It's a flaw in the system. And I think anytime you subsidize anything, it becomes a flaw. 
because there's there's money to be made in the gray areas that you don't get to see. So I hate my dentist right now. Even though he does great work, I'm I'm leaving him because I say something as simple as, okay, to get a cavity filled, is it $250 right now or is it $400? With insurance, without insurance, what is it? We can't pre-authorize 2014, so we don't know. Of course you know. Your office only does like 10,000 cavities a year. Like, you know what, what the cost is going to be. You know what you're willing to settle for in, in Do Re Me. It's a flaw in the system. And that's one of the reasons I look at any sort of subsidized system with a leery eye. S&P 500 is up 20. The Dow is up 180. The NASDAQ up 39. Senior Treasury sits up fractions. The D.C. drama, please, please vote them all out next year. Even if you're going with the Democrat versus the Democrat or the Republican over the Democrat or the Democrat over the Republican, vote them all out. PepsiCo, CSX, Bank of America, Mattel, Abbott Labs all beat earnings expectations. Intel and Yahoo topped expectations, but they both issued guidance that was lower than expected. Stanley Black & Decker was awful. In an industry that's seeing growth, they're not. So the market expecting a deal to get done. Where are we at tomorrow if a deal's not done? It could be a little bit more red. Right now, the SP 500 is flirting with its all time high, 1725. It's at 1718. The Dow is at a hop, 182 at 15,350. The NASDAQ's up 40 at 3834. 10 year Treasury sits at 2.75% gold down fractions. GOP Senator just said a deal is in hand to avoid default. Apple cutting order expectations on the 5C. I guess that's kind of news. Okay, okay. So I'm doing a small fundraiser at my October 26th event in Walnut Creek. Bring your old cell phone. Donate it. I'm raising some money for a local charity. Um, Also doing a Money 101 event in the morning from 9 a.m. to noon and doing a wealth preservation and retirement planning from 1 to 4 with CFP Chad Burton, who does the show here on the station from 1 to 2. You can learn about the event in Walnut Creek by going to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Home for Rob Black and your money. Weekday mornings at 7. Now you can take Rob Black with you in your car, on your computer, or on your smartphone. Rob Black and your money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Our dear... Roberto Negro y Doleros. Mexico shows a, a chance at the World Cup thanks to the United States. That's the weirdest thing that any soccer fan could say out loud. The United States helped Mexico? 
They throw bags of urine at our players in Mexico. It was an epic rant by a Mexican commentator. After the game, he basically said, Mexico, you should be ashamed. It's only because the United States that you get to wear your shirts for another day. Otherwise, you'd be eliminated. You should have done your own good, your own work. You should have gotten ahead. You should have counted on the United States. You should thank Americans. It was an epic, and he goes on for like seven minutes on this kind of craziness. And that's all translated because I don't speak any other languages other than French and Russian and Portuguese. But I don't speak Spanish. Kind of a big deal. Great commercial, by the way, for the Dodge Durango. And again, I don't know brands. And I'm horribly embarrassed if I'm wrong on this one, but having Will Ferrell do an Anchorman where he has one horse next to a 330 horsepower truck, he said, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're only one horsepower. Talking to a horse is funny. Half of fast food workers get public assistance in the United States. It costs Americans $7 billion a year. Okay, now here's the angle that this conversation should take. If you take a look at the top five CEOs from McDonald's to Wendy's, Burger King, Subway, they probably make a lot less than $7 billion. Half of the fast food workers rely on some sort of public assistance to supplement their low wages. 52% of fast food workers rely on Medicaid, food stamps, earned income tax credit, temporary assistance for needy families. In the whole United States, this is going to be a shocking number. Roughly 25% of the total workforce is enrolled in public assistance programs. Does that shock you or do you think that's like the new norm? 25% of working Americans are enrolled in Medicaid, food stamps, earned income tax credit, some sort of temporary assistance for needy. Fast food industry pulls in $200 billion a year in revenue. Pays its workers an average of $8.69 an hour. Many fast food employees work part-time, but even families of full-time employees, specifically more than half, receive public assistance. Overall, one in five families of fast food workers are living in poverty. That's kind of crazy. With that said, what's your opinion on fast food? Probably not that high, right? You're probably, like me, a little bit of a snob. And you don't really want to admit that probably shouldn't be eating this crap, fast food. And when I say that, I'm just saying it has very little to no nutritional value. If I were to say, hey, there's a goat that, you know, the chef from Saint-Sylvie has gotten, and he uses the whole goat, and all of his meals are yummy delicious, would you more likely go eat a goat, or are you more likely to eat McDonald's? Sadly, you're more likely to eat McDonald's, is my guess. And that is such the way. Should the employees of McDonald's Kentucky Fried Chicken, should they be paid more than eight sixty an hour? That's the argument, right? And then you look at the executives who you know, make millions, but then you look at the public assistance that you and I 
are seeing go out of our paychecks in Social Security taxes and federal taxes and state taxes? Is there a right answer? And I honestly, I don't think there is. And that's part of what I'm trying to get at with this. What are you trying to get at? I'm trying to say that there are no right answers in economics. Do I want to pay more money just so I can eat fast food? No. The only reason I ever want to eat fast food is because I have no other choice. I'm on a long driving trip. I'm in the city that all the cops are at, King City. I, there's no gas for you know 45 more miles in front of me or behind me. There's no there's no stopping. And that's the reason I would stop at fast food. But again, should they pay more? Should I pay more for my fast food? I heard a trained chef talk about this recently. And they've got this great education. Cooking schools in Paris, classically Michelin-starred restaurant trained. Comfort. A lot of us do Big Macs for comfort. Chicken nuggets for comfort. It's similar taste in almost every McDonald's in the world. If you're in France, if you're in India, you've been traveling, you're away from home, there's something to be said to know that, like, hey, these fries are probably be like the fries at home. The convenience of it. So fast food serves its purpose in our lives for the comfort, the convenience, the taste. Honestly, is there better anything better than salty fries from McDonald's or cold soda? Probably not. So McDonald's is very, 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 very smart because their food is based on salt, fat, and sugar. What do we crave? Salt, fat, and sugar. You become addicted. Now, McDonald's also is famous for, and fast food is famous for, service. It may not be friendly, but it's fast. Have you ever been, like, you go to a restaurant and you sit down and the waiter doesn't show, the waiter doesn't show, the waiter doesn't, and you're like, I'm leaving. That's where McDonald's wins. Like, you never leave McDonald's due to lack of someone saying, what can I get for you? Anyway, I think I'm rambling on about McDonald's at this point in time. Teaching your kids how to invest. I think the best way to do it is to show them the TV show Breaking Bad. Like, you don't want to be a a meth dealer because it ends badly for you and your family. No, no, no. Okay. Teach your kids to invest. Buy them one share of Disney or Electronic Arts or Nike. Let me be sexist and say Mattel for the girls because they make Barbies. All girls play with Barbies, right? That's the dumbest thing a parent can do at this point in time. Stereotype their own children. What did you want most as a kid? Is one of the things that you teach your kids how to invest. It takes a lot of savings to get the thing that you want it most. You can show them a compounded $10,000 at 7% annual rate of return. Over 40 years, 50 years, turns into... $294,000. And like you could go with greed. You can go with an index fund angle. Of You're probably not going to lose a lot of money in an index fund. You're probably not going to make the most. You're not going to hit a home run. You're not going to strike out. You're going to play the game. Kids get that kind of stuff. 
And doubts are a part of the process that you just have to throw in and teach them. Like, you're not going to be right every time. This is Rob Black and Your Money. Got a big event coming up in Walnut Creek. Bring your old or used phones that you're no longer using that are in your drawer collecting dust. I'm doing a fundraiser. You can sign up for the events at robblack.com. Coming up in Walnut Creek on the 26th of October. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Better news in Chapter. There's so much good that you can do out in the world, and I hope you do. Goofy man Will Ferrell is at USC to speak with students about careers, friendship, life, and philosophies. What was the best part about it was he was pulling in money for his friend's charity, Cancer College, which gives scholarships to students battling cancer or battling disease. He comes to USC dressed as Tommy Trojan, which is the Trojan mascot from USC. So he looks like a full Roman soldier. <laughs> I dig that. I'm doing a little fundraiser tied towards my next speaking gig. My next speaking gig is Saturday the 26th, doing a Money 101 if you're accumulating wealth. In the afternoon, doing a wealth preservation if you have wealth and you want to protect it and, and figure out how much and how long it lasts in retirement. Um, it's a charitable event. I'm asking that you bring in your old cell phone. Donate it, and uh, I'm going to give it to a local charity and turn it in. Yes, you could do the same thing and raise the money yourself if you want, and I highly recommend that. But if you want to show support for me and what I do, give me your old phone. Um, and I'm not going to turn it in and make money. Although that's a, suddenly a great idea. The S&P 500 is up 22, the Dow is up 195, the NASDAQ up 44. Let's welcome in Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez is a mortgage lender. You can find him at... BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, fixing your credit. That's something we've all been there, gotten into a late payment. I have one in the last five years. And my story is kind of goofy. It was a mortgage payment that Mm -hmm. I sent in the payment. They didn't cash the check. Uh Uh-oh. Then they notify me, and they say, okay, now that you're almost late, send it to this P.O. box. And I thought I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, and that's the worst one to, to pay late is the mortgage, especially if you're looking at other kind of uh, real estate transactions, because it really hangs on there for quite a while, no matter what your credit score is. It dings my credit. Yeah. Uh, credit score has the biggest effect on your uh, rate in almost any product that you're going to get, whether it's a credit card, a car loan, or a mortgage. The mortgage, obviously, is going to be the largest ex- expense because you're going to pay that over 30 years, and it can really add up. The difference between a 640 score and a 740 score on a, a traditional type of, of loan is about 1%. On a $400,000 loan, that's $200 a month more that you're spending because you have a lower credit score. So the first thing I would do is get a copy of your credit report. You can go to annualcreditreport.com, or you can go to your creditor. Let's say you're doing a, a transaction of some sort. Hopefully, they'll be able to show you the, the, the credit report. Check for accuracy. Make sure that everything's on there. And if there's some things that you can fix that are easy, try to do it on your own or use that creditor. If they're a lot more difficult then you could try using some of these invasive credit card companies and they uh, credit repair companies and they can range in price from $85 a month to a one-time $2,000 $3,000 fee depending on how bad it is and how um, what's the necessity of of how quickly you need it so what's ironic or what's odd about a credit score is you have to use credit and maintain credit 
to have a good credit score. Right. There's a lot of misconceptions about how to keep your credit good and how to improve your credit. I, for instance, grew up as a young man thinking, if I have no credit card debt, they'll love me because I pay off my credit card. Where Mm -hmm. a credit card company wants you to carry a balance because that's how they make money. And it's also how the it's part of their algorithms that they use to calculate your actual credit. You have to use your credit cards. The best way to do on a credit card, for example, is to have a balance below thirty um, percent of the limit. So if you have a limit of ten thousand, you want to keep it below three thousand. But you want to keep using it. You, you definitely want to, don't want to pay it off every month. Your credit score will be lower than somebody who actually has ten credit cards they pay on time and keep their balances low. Another way to keep your credit uh, clean is is keep keep accounts open and don't close them but definitely make sure you manage them and they don't get stolen and 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 that brings up another point too you also want to keep you want to keep them open eye on your account oh before we go there keeping your credit lines open mm-hmm. ages the account the well, average years that you've had credit so if you my, open up a lot of new credit cards mm-hmm. you're you've only had credit maybe from five years will go down to one year because you just opened right. five new credit cards so Correct. All, all those years of, of paying on time just got watered down because you opened up too many new credit cards. Yeah, there's there's several factors that will affect your credit, um, your lower balances, uh, accuracy, collections, time, new accounts. Uh, the, there's three bureaus. There's Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. And add a .com at the end of each one of those, and you can go and get your own credit report. You can also d- do disputes. This is when you want to do your fixing your credit on your own. You can do a dispute through that agency or that bureau. Um, or you can use your creditor to do what they call rapid rescores. If you need a really quick transaction and there's something easy, maybe it was a, a mistake on your credit report, you can show them a bill and say, I did really pay this, and you can do a rapid rescore. And sometimes there's a big difference. Like if you're doing a rental property and you're buying an investment property, there's minimum scores you need to meet if you have a certain down payment. And some people need to do these types of rapid rescores. So getting in front of your credit is important. We talked about monitoring your credit. There's some good tools that you use. For instance? Credit Karma is one. Credit Karma? That's an app on a phone? It's an, it's an app, but what it, it, it may not be the most effective tool to managing your, your credit, but it gets you involved. It's, it tells you that all of your accounts that are on there, what your balances are, and it also alerts you if, this, if new, new entries come up, new inquiries, and, and new credit. So it's a way that people get involved, and I think that everyone should be involved in their credit because it has such an impact in the, in the financial industry. Good idea. And one last final thought that I want to throw out there is, to improve your credit score, go out and get a credit. You know, go put a thousand dollars on your credit card and start paying it off slowly. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if you really, really, really want to improve your credit, that's one way of doing it. Show that you could pay on time. We've been talking with Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Um, again, got a couple events coming up at Walnut Creek a couple Saturdays from now. Um, I'm asking that you bring your cell phone. Uh, bring your cell phone. Get in for free. Um, give me a donation of your old cell phone. I'll give it to a local charity. And uh, holiday time, people need it. Tough economy. Charities need it even more so than ever. Um, as donations and charitable giving gets cut back, it's an easy thing to do. I do like doing fundraisers. I'm going to be doing a Money 101 in the morning from 9 to noon. That's for people who don't know what they're doing with investing, who get intimidated by insurance, who don't have insurance, people who look at you know, alternatives 
and say, maybe I'll give that a try because things don't work out for me. Come to the event. I'll teach you what to do right. I'll teach you what not to do wrong. You can also come to the Money 101, uh, the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event from 1 to 4. This is the Marriott in Walnut Creek, Saturday the 26th from 1 to 4. This is for your mom and dad. This is for you if you're wealthy and heading towards retirement. Wealthy, you know what wealthy means. You're going to be able to retire. That's what wealthy means. Otherwise, you're going to work till the day you die. So if you're looking forward to retirement, if you're into retirement, if you feel like you've got a bad advisor and want to learn what's going wrong and why am I not doing well, sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Please bring your phone. If I don't get at least 10 phones from this event, I'm going to be really bummed that my audience just doesn't care. To get your calls in the air, it's rob at robblack.com. is the email. The phone number is... 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Sign up for those events at robblack.com. Coming up, briefing.com's Dr. Jeff Rosen, economist. But there are some sounds that can... Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. guests a week. Both of them I wildly look forward to for different reasons. One's an economist, one's a strategist, an analyst. Dr. Jeff Rosen, the economist, joining me right now from briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? Good. Is there an economy going on right now with this whole government, 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 government kind of talk? <laughs> the economy is going on. I, we just don't know how it's going on because there's been, you know, really no data uh, available over the last couple of weeks. So in, in that respect, you know, we're, we're kind of just moving through the fog of war. Does that put you in the position of just kind of like trying to figure out what to do during your day to get your paycheck and not letting <laughs> anyone know that you don't know what's going on? You know, some days it's like that. You know, you talk to, you know, you take the train every morning, and, you know, the only people on the train at uh, 5.30 in the morning are traders or um, union workers. The union workers always sleep, and the traders are always on their computers, so, you know, you know who's who. And, you know, the, the traders are all going, you know, what, what's your day like? What are you doing? And, you know, a lot of it is not much, you know, just kind of waiting to see, you know, how things are, especially with the dysfunction in Congress. Does that put you in a position of maybe looking at economic data from Asia, from New Zealand, from Europe, other parts of the world, or do you just deal uh, with what you have here? Sometimes. The problem with that is that uh, you know, our client base isn't so focused on that, so there's, there's not much, uh, much use for it. But, you know, you kind of have to look at everything around you. And there's some exciting things going on, exciting, you know, scary should, should be the better word. But, uh, you know, you have a bankruptcy in, in uh, Puerto Rico that you have no idea how that's going to play out. You have things going on in Detroit that you have no idea how that's going to play out. 
You know, you have uh, many microeconomies throughout the country that are, uh, you know, seeing problems because the government is shut down. So you're trying to look at all that. You know, and at the same time, you kind of go back and look at um, you know, how debt situations are because you did get some Fed information, some Fed numbers. So, we, you know, you look through that stuff. Let's talk about some of these mini economies that you just brought up. Um, Detroit going bankrupts, it seems to be a media topic that they seem to be sticking it to the unions. The city's not quite the right density of population to work. Too many cops for too much space. Uh, what's your take on Detroit as far as, in hindsight, what happened wrong? Well, I mean, a lot of things happened wrong. I mean, but I mean, the biggest problem they're facing today is, in, in my opinion, is what, is what you said. The population density of the city is uh, too low. I mean, you have vast amounts of neighborhoods where there's very little people, but you still need to provide fire, water, electricity, you know, uh, police protection. And it, it's just not possible with the amount of tax revenue that's coming in. So, you know, the, the, it's unsure what's going to do. And then you have people that own these properties legitimately and they don't want to move because they've lived there for, you know, 20, 30 years. So even though they're living in a neighborhood where there used to be maybe, you know, 15 people on the street and now there's only two, they don't want to be, you know, picked up and, and, and moved to a different location. That's not how they survive. That's not how they live. So it, it's a very nervous-type environment, in my opinion. Let's talk about my climate. Um, I live in the Bay Area, where I live in a 1,600-square-foot house, roughly, that's a million dollars. That's a joke in basically every other county of the United States, where they're like, you could buy 10 houses for that. How do you think things end in super expensive areas? Again, the Bay Area, we're starting to lose some jobs to New York. We're starting to lose... I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth. I just we live in an expensive area. Any commentary on the Bay Area? Well, the wages are higher, and, that's, and you have a, a tighter and a smaller landmass, so property values are naturally higher because of those two events. The question is, you know, can wages continue to grow and keep those housing prices at that level um, when you can transfer employment out of the Bay Area into different areas? I mean, you're seeing, you know, small tech communities pull up in you know, a number of states because it's, it's not something that absolutely needs to be uh, you know, centralized in the, bar- in the Bay Area. However, because of Stanford, because of Berkeley, you, know, you, you do have that, uh, that environment that naturally congregates those type of people. So it's a pull and uh, push and pull type environment. Economist Robert Schiller just won the Nobel Prize for Economics, and he said something recently, and I'm paraphrasing, that housing is a bad investment due to the fact that new houses are better than old houses, that houses depreciate, that houses need maintenance and upkeep. Do you agree with his broad theory there? Yeah, to a point. I mean, it it all depends on where the jobs are and the available housing units that can be newly constructed. Unlike a car where you can go out and buy it at any place in the, in, the, in the country, if your job is in a, in a specific area, you need to live in that specific area. And if there's no room to expand in that specific area, for example, the Bay Area, you know, you're going to see higher prices. You're going to see appreciation just because people want to move in there. Now, if you're in a place like Texas where you can expand for as you know, far as your eyes can see and you can build roads and you could you know, easily get the people into the areas that, that have the jobs, 
you're not going to see an expansion in prices. And you really didn't see that big of an expansion in prices in uh, during the bubble time periods in those areas. So it's a location, location, location of jobs and it's, colleges. Exactly. It's, it's all it is is where you are and how much room is there to, to expand. And if the room is, is constrained by, you know, land mass and, and, and ocean, and you know, you're going to end up with a higher uh, higher price if, if people want to find jobs there. It's interesting that you say that because in the Bay Area, when you vacation to Tahoe, it's a four-hour drive, and you drive through Sacramento, and Sacramento saw real estate prices go up, but there's nothing but land around it. So I see it as more speculative than, like you said, the Bay that, Area that has water. And in that case, what it is, if there is more area that can be, you know, uh, you can move out and you can build new homes, then those areas are the ones where Schiller, I'm sure, is, is talking about that, you know, it's a bad investment to buy a home there. Okay, I'm all out of topics. What do you have for me? What do you see that we need to see that we need to talk about? I, we're just, you know, everything is so focused on what's going to happen today, tomorrow, about the debt ceiling. You know, the truth of the matter is we're not going to go uh, default tomorrow, but, you know, we will next week if something is not passed. And it's a very uh, intimidating time, and it's a very unusual time, and that, that's basically what everyone's focused on. What do you think we do um, if there's a default? Is it an apocalypse? Is it bad? Do we actually feel it? Or will the average Joe continue to talk about the Bears this weekend? Um, well, this weekend isn't the big deal. Again, it's, it's going to be next week. And the problem is we don't know how the Treasury is going to decide on what to pay and what not to pay. Now, the way they're saying to us is that, you know, we have a bill that comes due, we pay the bill. We don't prioritize one bill over another. And that means that, uh, you know, if we pay something but we don't pay, let's say, you know, Social Security payments, then, oh, yeah, you're going to have people on Main Street, especially, you know, the, the elderly and the most vulnerable who are not getting their benefits paid, they're going to go, you know, they're, they're going to be hurting. You know, if we decide to prioritize on, um, let's say, Social Security and we, we default on interest rates, you're going to see higher interest rates, you're going to see, you know, your, your credit card payments have to go up and, and, and whatnot. And then you're going to have... Uh, small businesses and stuff that are contractors to the government not get paid. You know, are they going to have to lay off workers even though they've done the work and they expect to be paid by the government? There's a lot of pieces that are moving around, and it's you know all up in the air. And yeah, this is not something that you know the banks are the ones who are going to be hurting. This is something that that everybody's going to be feeling. Anything else that we should expect in the coming days uh, tied towards the budget, tied towards the economy? Any any economic data you're looking at? Well, there really is no economic no? data. Okay. I mean, we have industrial production tomorrow and initial claims. The claims number will be interesting because we're going to get to see a little bit more of how the government shutdown is affecting the employment situation. But uh, beyond that, I mean, we're, we're still kind of sitting in this fog of war, you know, not knowing how things are going, getting some information from surveys. But, you know, and I've said this before, I don't really trust surveys uh, is, is an ideal way of focusing on how the, the economy is moving or how people are actually going to, uh, to spend. So, you know, until we get uh, the government back up and running, we're, we're kind of sitting here, you know, shaking our heads going, what's really going on? Okay. Thanks for joining us. It's Dr. Thank Jeff, Dr. Jeff Rosen, briefing.com. We'll talk to him next week when hopefully this fog of economic data starts to lift. Um, I don't know. It's it's 
important that we look at this, but at the same time, I don't think anyone's really taking it all that directly personally at this point in time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Briefing.com does a great job of information and economic data, important. On a regular occasion with Dr. Jeff Rosen, I talk about jobs, but we don't have those jobs numbers to report at this point in time because our government's dysfunctional. I ask if he's really focusing on Europe a little bit more, a little bit more on Asia, because they're still publishing their data. Long story short, we're not in the United States. It creates a bit of a dilemma, to say the least. So we're going to get a big event coming up, charity fundraiser, Money 101, on Saturday, October 26th, the Marriott in Walnut Creek. It's my only trip to the East, East, East Bay before I go back to Virginia, per se. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Or if you just want to bring a phone, drop me an email. Say, I'm going to bring a phone. I'll sign you up for free. Um, I'm looking for old phones. Collecting them for charity, local charities. It's that time of year. Money and investing. Doing the very best I can to bring you resources to help you as an investor. As someone who wants to get to retirement. I'll do business stories like GM boosting prices as to pick up battle rages. What's weird is sales are falling. Their truck sales fell 8%. So what are they doing? They're raising prices. But they're also going to boost discounts. That's the trick. That's kind of the Macy's trick. You go into Macy's and you go, 50% off suits, sweet, but they're marked up. you got to know that, right? I can't be the person teaching you that for the first time. Okay. The thing that drives me craziest is when I see an egregious amount of money spent on something that, well, is egregious. When I look at the videos from uh, Comic-Con, whether it be the one in San Diego or the one in New York, it drives me crazy to see the colorful and elaborate what's called cosplay. Cosplay is costume play. Egregious amounts of money spent on costumes. Whether it be Wonder Woman... Or whether it's someone who's dressed up as, like, a blue person from a different planet. Maybe the Avatar universe. And then you're like, yeah, how much you got saved in your 401k? Oh, nothing. The guy dressed as Jack in the Box. You know? I do kind of love it. <laughs> 
the sense of humor com- that comes out is fantastic. The amount of money spent on things that you don't absolutely positively need to have is sad. The SP 500 is up 17 today. The Dow is up 158 today, 190 now. NASDAQ's up 40. The S&P 500 is within six points of its all-time closing high. This on the eve of the debt ceiling. This on the eve of calamity, cataclysmic weapons of mass destruction. Like, you throw it out and it's said. Buffett calls, you know, the eve of debt default as a weapon of mass destruction. Apple's cutting the 5C orders on weak demand. I don't think anyone wants to own a plastic iPhone unless they have to. I think it was meant to be a discounting product for markets outside the United States. The difference of paying $99 for an upgrade for the 5C versus the 5S, $199 over a two-year contract is, what, $4 a month. If you get better pictures and you save your pictures... Eh, what's $4 a month to the average American? Cup of coffee once a month? That's the way people are looking at it. That's the way I'm seeing it. Um, Miley Cyrus has that Wrecking Ball song. And it kind of feels like what we're seeing in Congress right now. With that said, I'm good with it. Been there, done that. You know? You kind of have to get good with this kind of craziness or nanity. Intel and Yahoo both beat expectations, but both lowered uh, future expectations. PepsiCo, CSX, Bank of America, Mattel, Abbott Labs all beat earnings expectations, which is something I like to see. We're in the heart of earnings season at this point in time. Um, I think we're about halfway through. House Speaker John Boehner is going to bring up the Senate plan for vote on the House floor in a couple of probably right about now. Fitch Ratings places U.S. AAA rating on negative watch due to political brinkmanship. Healthcare sector underpinned by better-than-expected earnings from Abbott Labs. Strength today in energy, financials, healthcare, weakness in industrials, technology, and utilities. Hmm. I'm not getting my signals terribly well today. Um, other stories of note. Stocks are rising on optimism. Home builder confidence in the United States declines to the lowest level in four months. I saw a fascinating article recently by Robert Schiller who basically said, don't buy a home rent. If you want to copy of that article, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com, and I'll send it your way. It's fascinating in the sense that he's like, a new home is better than an old home. And most of us look at homes like, I'm in a good school district. A new home in a good school district, is that better than an old home? Yeah, according to him. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll send you out that article. Because I think a lot of the crap that you hear on radio and television and from real estate agents about you know the home being the best investment, it's not. It's the best liability. And, yeah, it's the sheep talking. The realtors, they want a transaction. They don't want you to go, you know what, I probably should rent. See you later. So, I don't know. I'm super excited about the uh, new executive coming into Apple. Um, it's the second executive to come into Apple in under a year from a European luxury goods maker, Angela Alhans. I know you're saying, uh, she was born in Indiana. You don't have to say Alhans. 
I know. She got accolades for bringing high-end customers back to Burberry. Burberry. If you don't know Burberry, you kind of get, oh, Burberry is a luxury brand. iPhones are luxury brands, according to the 5C versus 5S, right? See my big circle of life? I could do a Disney song right now, but I won't. With that said, um, big event coming up in Walnut Creek. I want your phones. I'm collecting phones for a charitable event. Um, let's see how many I can bring in. I would love for you to come to the event. Money 101 in the morning, Wealth Preservation in the afternoon. It's Walnut Creek at the Marriott. Send me an email if you want to donate your phone, and uh, that'd be a good thing to do for me. I'd appreciate it. You can find me online at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.